This the truth each Christian learns. Bread into his flesh he turns, to his precious blood the wine. Sight has failed, nor thought conceives, but a dauntless faith believes, resting on a power divine. This the truth each Christian learns. It's the truth that we celebrate today. The truth of a God whose love is so extraordinary that it goes way further than we would ever expect more further than we would ever dare to ask. It begins, well, in the beginning. That God created this universe, not out of necessity, but out of love. Right? That, that all of this exists not by accident. It's not that order just somehow accidentally came out of chaos. No, that God created an ordered, intricate, beautiful, vast universe, not by accident, but by love. And that in that universe, he created you, not by accident, but by love. And that just as this noble, incredible universe is loved by God and has a deep meaning, so do you. But it wasn't enough just to create something great just to create us in his image and likeness. No, he goes even further than that. And in the fullness of time, he stepped into his creation as one of us. If that's not mind-boggling, I don't know what is. The fact that he would love his creation enough to enter into it, to self-impose the limits of the human condition onto himself to say, you know what, I want to share your human nature. I want to share all of the human condition, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I want to be there with you in it. That would already be marvelous enough. And yet it wasn't enough for God. He went even further. He wanted not just to be among us as one of us, to be, but to be one with us. And not just a spiritual oneness, not just him saying, oh yeah, so I'm going to be uh, present to your soul. No, he wanted to be one with all of us, every aspect of our being. And so there's the spiritual, but then there's also the physical. And so in the most marvelous way, he deigned to remain among us as our very sustenance, as our very food. He chose that most beautiful way of becoming one with us in becoming the very food that gives us life, right? Because it was our parents that fed us growing up, and that's what gave our bodies what they needed to grow, to survive, to thrive. And so our Heavenly Father also feeds us, but this time with His very divine life in the Eucharist. It's the most marvelous of mysteries. But it doesn't take any more faith than it already takes to believe in the Incarnation. Right? Because to think that the vast and infinite God could enter into His creation as a man takes some faith. For those original disciples who walked with Him, who spent their lives following Him, they had to recognize Him over time. It wasn't automatic. Jesus looked just like all of the other men. There was nothing spectacular about how he looked. It was being in his presence that revealed that he was God. Well, so it is with the depth of love to which he went in remaining in the Blessed Sacrament. 
To where, just like Jesus walking around looked like any other man, so the sacred host looks like just a piece of bread. It looks regular. It tastes normal. And yet within it is the very divinity, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. That same exact faith that the disciples needed to have to be able to say, whoa, there's more than what meets the eye here, is what we need to have when we see the host. But sadly... This truth each Christian learns, this basic of Christianity that was unquestioned for the first 1,500 years of the church. Many people don't believe it today. How many of our brothers and sisters whom we love so much have completely abandoned this whole idea? Have lost one of the most precious treasures of our faith? How many Catholics Abandon the Catholic Church because they don't understand how great and tremendous a love God has for us remaining in the sacraments. Right? I hear it all the time. Oh, why did you stop going to Catholic Church? Well, the preaching over there was better. The music there was better. The the programs were great. All of that's good stuff. Right? And we need to work on all of that in our own churches. But who would ever leave the very physical presence of Jesus Christ for anything else. And yet it happens. And I think part of the reason why we have trouble believing this is because we think it's too good to be true. We think, I just cannot believe that a God would love me to that degree. I believe that, yeah, sure, I guess I was created by God. I guess somehow he allows me to keep existing. But how would he ever humble himself to that point of becoming my very sustenance. Well, that's how good God is. It's not too good to be true. It's too good to not be true because it's founded on the good word of the good Lord. Right? Either Jesus Christ is truly present in the blessed sacrament or he's a liar. Those are the only two options. Because he says so clearly throughout Scripture, this is my body, this is my blood, this is my body, this is my blood. He says, I am the bread of life. He says so clearly all throughout John chapter 6 that unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. Now, at first hearing, that strikes us as so odd. But then we have to think like a lover. A lover which God is the prototype of all lovers that have ever existed, a lover wants to be as closely united to the beloved as is possible. Not just some of the time, but all the time. Not just a part of the beloved, but all of the beloved. We are his beloved, and so he wants to be with us. Since we're body and soul, he wants to be with us body and soul. And so he becomes the very food that nourishes our bodies and our souls. Now, when we receive... What do we say? When I say body of Christ, you say? Amen. And what does amen mean? Amen means, yes, I believe. I believe exactly what you just said. Now that's why the church is so strict about who can receive and who can't. Because in that amen, you are saying, I believe that is the living presence of Jesus Christ. I believe that he is truly present in that host. If you don't believe that, You should not be receiving. Because if someone comes up to receive without believing, they are lying to everybody in heaven and on earth. Because they say amen, but they don't mean it. 
That's why we don't have intercommunion with some of the other Christian groups. It's not because we're trying to be mean. It's we don't want to force them into a lie, into lying about whether they believe that that is the body of Christ or not. But what do we do when for us this seems something too good to be true? Something that maybe we've heard all of our lives, but we've never spent time seeking to understand. Well, we ask the questions and we actually look for answers. Because that's the incredible thing, is that so many resources are at our fingertips. I remember in high school is when I first started actually thinking through some of these things. And I remember thinking, if this is true, if that's really Jesus, that changes everything. But if that's not Jesus then what am I doing here? That's the question we need to ask. But not just leave it at that question. What what really I loved is that in those days, I was able to find some good resources to explain how all of Scripture was pointing to this divine love manifested on the altar, to God giving His very self to us to be able to give us His divine life. For 2,000 years, we've been reflecting on this. We have explanations. We can seek to understand what we already believe. But it takes a little bit of effort. But that's, of course, the natural way of things. I didn't understand everything that I was taught growing up. No, I believed it first on faith. Do this, don't do that. I believed my parents way before I understood why. Whenever teachers would tell me this is the case, I believed them. And only later on did I understand that which I first believed. Well, it's the same here. Where in our faith, first we accept it because why? Jesus said so. And that should actually end the question. But he he invites us to seek for more understanding. And so I encourage you to do that study. If you want some good resources for explaining the Mass, for explaining uh, the Eucharist, please come my way and I will direct you to some really good ones. We could talk about this. Because it's a mystery worth contemplating. It's at the very center of our faith, and yet, when Catholics were polled about it, just this past year, 60% of Catholics either didn't know or didn't believe that central doctrine that Jesus Christ is truly present in the Blessed Sacrament. They thought, oh, it's just a symbol. Just a symbol? Jesus didn't say, this is a symbol of my body, this is a symbol of my blood. No, he said, point blank, this is my body. But we might still have a tough time recognizing. Because when we, see, when we look, we see bread. When we taste, it still tastes like normal bread. And we might think, Lord, I want to feel something more. I want to recognize that something more. Well, you know what, what it takes to do that? Time. Somebody just passing by Jesus in first century Palestine wouldn't have been able to see God right away. They would have just seen a man. But spending time with him, being in his sacred presence, they would be able to finally recognize the divinity behind the humanity. So if we spend no time with the Blessed Sacrament, it should come as no surprise that we don't recognize Jesus there. But as we spend more time with him, we become more accustomed to recognizing him in the blessed sacrament. And so I invite you not only to seek deeper understanding through study, but to seek deeper relationship through prayer. This church is open every day. 
any time of night or day, if you want to call and say, like, hey, I want to go to the church and spend some time, I'll come in and I'll open it up for you. On Thursdays and Fridays, we have an even greater thing. We have our Lord exposed in the Blessed Sacrament, right, to where we can see the host rather than having it be in the, inside the tabernacle. We have it right there in that little chapel. You can see it from, uh, from the, these pews or from within that chapel. And yet, in a parish of over a thousand families, when we only have a few hours that he's exposed, there are times where we can't find a single person to be there with him. So it should come as no surprise when we have no peace in our lives, if we're not spending time with the Prince of Peace. It should come as no surprise that we feel lost and in darkness if we are not spending time with the light of the world. It should come as no surprise that we find it hard to recognize God in the people in our lives when we can't recognize him in his presence in the Blessed Sacrament. Because those two are tied. It's incredibly difficult to recognize God in some of the annoying people in our lives. Right? For some of them, we we go into the encounter and we say, I'm going to see Jesus in this person. I'm going to see Jesus. It lasts three seconds before they annoy us so much that we say, I see zero Jesus in that person. And yet, that's the secret to joy, is to be able to encounter God in every single person. And we learn to recognize him here, so then we can see him out there. So, dear friends, as we receive the Lord today, let us recommit ourselves to loving him and adoring him. So that spending time with him here, we may be strengthened by his presence among us and within us, to be able to become that presence to a world out there in desperate need of meeting Christ.